What's up? What's up? This is your girls, your your ghouls here. Yeah, it's two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. And I'm Sabrina. Are you sitting in a giant chair? I am. I really am. I was like, I just want to be comfy. So I, I sit at this, I sit at our kitchen table all day doing work and I'm on two computers and I'm sitting like a normal chair. And then today when I was setting up to record, I was like, why wouldn't I use this big comfy chair? Why don't I use it all the time? So I think I've just changed my entire life by setting up for the podcast today. So thank you, Corinne. It looks amazing. You look so tiny and it looks like you're just <laughs> sitting in a throne. I am fully pretzel style. I'm a half pretzel. I got to have one leg bent and the other leg loose. Mm. I drive that way too. Like I'll put one leg like up on the dash and then the other one like pretzeled in. All the way on the dash? Well, not fully on the dash, but like my leg is like bent at like it's next to the steering wheel. I do this like with my knee up next to the steering wheel. But oh my gosh, I'm just oh. imagining you doing a full split while driving. It's essentially that. Except I get really nervous when there's other cars around. So I consciously don't do it when other cars are around because I just picture myself getting in an accident. Yes. And the the airbag just like snapping my leg backwards. Yeah. Yep. So I only do it when I'm like cruising on the highway <laughs> and there's not really anyone near me. Just the aliens to abduct you. Just the aliens to uh, abduct me. And then you. You know, both of us could have been abducted and have no idea. I think the majority of people probably have no clue. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance that I'm so obsessed with aliens and being abducted because I already have been. I I think it's a possibility. That would explain so many things. What if I am actually an alien? I am one of I was just going to say, I was like, what if you are an experiment and you are an (laughs) alien and they sent you down here and they brainwashed you? Um, And so you don't remember anything. Your memory was wiped. Wow. I'm going to have to ask my mom and dad what they think of that theory. I got my temperature taken the other day when I went to go sit at this, like, outdoor uh, restaurant Mm -hmm. that's a block away from my apartment. And they put, like, this temperature gun up to your head. And I've never had my temperature taken from afar like that. Yeah. And I was like, are you wiping my memory? Is this men in black? Like, what's going on? It does. It looks just like that. It does. (laughs) But... Things that are remembered are our interests, and so our some some of our listeners have sent us mail. So we're <gasps> having mail, mail. This is why I chose the chair. I, the universe wanted me to sit in the comfy blue chair for mail time. As I present you with the mail. Okay, so starting off first, Maria sent us a card, and she was shopping at a store in Asheville, North Carolina, near where she lives. And she found some coasters that she thought absolutely need to have. Let me see. Oh, my gosh. Bigfoot. Love. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. All right. And then she said she had a really hard time picking one out for you because there were so many choices. (laughs) But this is the one that you have. And it's so funny. Ancient proverb. Wait, I can't see the... What's it say? It says, ancient proverb, nobody sleeps when the cat bowl is empty. And then it's a cat giving a dirty look. It's so true. And I think it's perfect because usually when we record, it's also Leia's (laughs) uh, dinner time. And so halfway through our recording, she's always like, feed me. She's actually, she just came up here to join us. I'm sitting in her chair, so she's going to be upset about that today. Oh. Yes. The biggest chair in the house is Leia's. But those are so cute. So cool, right? 
Um, and then, Sabrina, I'm sure you're going to have a card, too. But this was a happy birthday card for me. I went two weeks ago to the mail, and I need to go again. Um, and it just so happens that it was before your birthday and after mine. So, uh, Rochelle sent me a happy birthday card. Oh, my God. Look how pretty. And it, it looks, like, handmade. It looks like she cut out with, like, a paper cutter. Wow. Oh, my gosh. It's happy beautiful. Isn't that so cool? Great calligraphy, no, too. Oh, this is a skill I would like to acquire. Perhaps a pandemic. Crafting skill? Skill. Yeah. A craft. Yes. A new hobby. Um, remember when we got, well, it was sent by Nettie, but the moss on a branch sent us a postcard? Uh-huh. Well, now we have another postcard. Oh, my gosh. What's this one? Well, it's it's just a pretty design, but it's Ooh. also from Nettie, and it said, how's quarantine going? I have something fun for you to do. Color and add to this drawing, and then if you like... Share it. P.S. The moss friend says, hello, humans. Stay safe. <laughs> Wear those masks. Smile with your eyes. Oh, my gosh. I love that. So good thing I have a packet color pencils because I'm going to do this. That is something I've been doing a lot more is coloring because it's very therapeutic and yes. gets me away from my computer for a little bit. Absolutely. It is nice. It's like a mindless thing mm-hmm. to do. And then this is this is just like the sweetest thing ever. So Molly sent us a thank you note for sending the tgog sticker but i believe we sent the tgog sticker as a thank you to her oh my gosh so we have to send another thank you but she sent a thank you to the thank you i think we can't stop this yeah i think we have to continue with the thank yous because it's just hysterical i think to one it up is you and i both separately send thank yous (laughs) oh and then as if this couldn't already be cute enough the postage stamp is Sally Ride. Oh my gosh, so cool. So a good old uh, astronaut for you. A little bit of calling to the wow, outer space. so kind. All righty, continuing on. Oh my gosh, you spoil us, you friends. Yes. This was thrilling. <laughs> and also, I'm sorry if anyone's stuff got sent back, because I know that when I was quarantined, I obviously wasn't going to the PO oh. <laughs> um, Okay, so Emily sent... Uh, Really cool things. So Emily, she used to work this job at a this record shop called Sisters in Christ. And she was working there when her mom was going through ovarian cancer. And luckily, she, her mom is doing great now. Oh, so good. thank goodness. But she sent a bag from them. And then she sent these two tapes. They are historical tapes of <gasps> paranormal stories. Oh. And she was like, okay, well, I was almost not going to send them because I wasn't sure if there was any like weird juju, like, <gasps> you know scariness attached to them but she says that she thinks that they're they're definitely safe oh my god oh my god this is the coolest thing in the world it's the coolest and she she noted one of the ones that she thinks is really cool like one of the stories to listen to so i need to find a freaking tape player drive to my mom's in pennsylvania she for sure has that because she doesn't throw much away yes i literally was like okay what do i do either i go to my grandparents house (laughs) or I would assume the library has one, right? Libraries have everything. Yeah, but the libraries are closed right now. Maybe a record store? Go to go to a record store. Or just buy one. <laughs> I'm going to buy one. <laughs> that is the cool... Oh my gosh. Okay, that now makes me want to go out and buy a bunch of those. How cool. They're all like recorded on that. That is amazing. Yep. I'll, I'll tell you guys the name of them too. So the first one is called The Weird Circle, which is super cool. And it has two stories called The Strange Judgment and The Specter of Tappington. And then there's another one that is called Catherine Wyndham Tells Ghost Stories, Volume 3. And then it has a picture of a ghost, and his name is Jeffrey. 
And then there's two programs and it has a bunch of, I believe, probably like written stories. Like, oh my gosh, I love that. I, I kind of assume that these ones are fiction and then the, the weird circle do you think, is uh, probably real. Do you think cassette tapes are going to make a resurgence the same way record records did? Because if so, that would be awesome. get in on that now. Buy a cassette player and you and I start stocking up on our cassettes. You know what I almost bought the other day was hit clips because I was just oh. really wanting some nostalgic item with me. I was like, oh, hit clips. I, I don't know why I was obsessing about that. I feel so sad for my mom because we had, you know, the hit clips, they were only like 30 seconds of the song anyway. Oh, yeah. But the one that we used to play all the time was Who Let the Dogs Out? So I just can't imagine. <laughs> that would get so annoying. Over and over, just like short 30 second bursts of it over and over and over. I, I'm sure my mother hates that song. Ugh. Did you ever have when you were really little, this was pre-hit clips, did you have that speaker that had like a handle on it and then it had a micro, like a plastic microphone that hooked into the side? Yes. Yes. And then you'd put the cassette yep. tape in the back. Oh my God. I was like that. I was like you with hit clips and who let the dogs out. <laughs> but I would carry that around with the microphone and sing on repeat, Cindy Lauper's oh. Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Okay, but that's a fun one. And I was like... Five, and I knew four of the words. That's so Girls just want to have fun. I knew five words. <laughs> I would love to see little five-year-old Corinne with the shadow people dancing behind you. Oh, my God. I needed yellow and orange hair. I needed to be Cindy Lauper, but I wasn't. Um, and then... <laughs> e. uh, some people have already seen this because Jordan posted this on our Facebook, but... Jordan, who is an illustrator, mm -hmm. sent a little birthday gift that, Sabrina, you've seen this too. It's a <laughs> painting of me being held oh, oh my in God. the nude uh, by Bigfoot in the forest. And it's painted onto wood, like a tree tree trunk. It is literally the most beautiful. Can I look at it again? Yes. And also Instagram. Seeing it like this is amazing. Jordan's Instagram is Jay Monsell. Oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with it. Your cute little rosy cheeks. You're just so happy. <gasps> this is how obsessed I am with this. I took a picture of it uh -huh. with me, with myself in the photo, and I immediately posted it on my works Slack channel. Huh. So I essentially posted a painted nude of myself being held by Bigfoot <gasps> onto a work Slack channel. And I'm in HR because I was just like, you know what? If I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down this way. That's this is amazing. Best. You have to post it on our Instagram when this episode comes out. Oh, absolutely. And we'll tag Jordan. And then I also just have to, to note that I love Jordan's um, business card Ooh. because in the very top right corner is the silhouette of Edward <gasps> Scissorhands. And it's just so funny because it's like, obviously, he does art and, and woodworking and stuff like that. So it's just, I'll show you. Oh, my gosh. I think it's brilliant. I love it. Oh, my. That's so cool. Wow, Jordan, that's so thoughtful. I know. I love it. I'm very excited. So fun. And then I'll be going back to the P.O. box soon. So if, you, if you've already sent something and, and you didn't hear it on this episode, it's because we're recording a week and a half early and I need to go back again. That's our mail time. All right. So this is a regular episode where we research... And tell you ghost stories, and it's so fun. We do. I get, like, really wrapped up in the research. Me too. And then it's hard to do the research because you'll start one thing, and then, like, halfway through the research, 
I'll just re-research and I'll find something else that I want to do. And then I'm like, oh, I can't turn back now. There's just so many good stories. You know, that's why we have an Excel and we just like create new topics for the things that we find along the way. Literally, we, we already have a, like 120 episodes planned because we're just like, well, I got to do this one, too. So we have to do roads again. We have to do this mm-hmm. again. But if you're just now tuning in to our podcast and you've never heard it before, our format is that we choose a theme. And so we theme each episode. It could be hotels. It could be black eyed kids. It could be cryptids. It could be aliens. It could be haunted pets. It could be Demons. Demons. We choose a topic and then we each go off and research our own story to tell one another. Uh, and we don't know anything about the story that the other person picked. So it's a nice story mm-hmm. time. Story time. I also love the way that you said we go off because I just imagined you and I huddling together, like hands over shoulders, like head to head, huddling like, all right, what are we going to do this week? What are we going to do? And then we like both decide like cemeteries. Okay. And we got this. We relay race. It's like <laughs> I run the baton to you. I pass it off. And then you sprint to the end. That's what wow, we do I clearly week. miss high school competition in sports. <laughs> what do you mean? We played sports. We played lacrosse together in college. Was it that competitive? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have. Sorry. This is, again, off topic. I think about this at least once a month. And it wasn't that embarrassing, but it really left a stain on my soul. What? And it happened in lacrosse. (gasps) In lacrosse practice, I discovered that my leggings had been (gasps) see-through and no one had told me. And I had worn these leggings a thousand times to classes everywhere. And, you know, now that I'm a woman, I I have uh, some more generic colored undies. But prior to that... (gasps) I was like Victoria's Secret, like bright blue, dark blue, green, like all these colors. And you had been able to see through and no one told me. And I was walking around campus like that, went to classes. No one ever told me until I was in lacrosse practice. I bent down to get my water bottle and someone on the lacrosse team was like, oh, my God. And then they took a picture of it to show me. Oh, no. It might have been you. (laughs) <laughs> I hope it was me. <laughs> Took a picture to be like, yo, this is really bad. Like, look oh, at no. it. It what you could see my skin. Like you could see everything, every pattern, everything. It was like I was walking around nude all day for like three years. Cause I'm pretty sure this was like junior year of college. And I don't get embarrassed easily, <laughs> but that was the day that I was like, holy shit, I need to start doing like a butt crack, like bend over test with my old leggings. <laughs> Every time before you leave your your dorm, you had to like bend over. Oh, I did. I absolutely did. It was like the bend and snap, but I was like, it was a bend, a bend and, and peak. <laughs> Two. I don't know if this will make you feel better, but I'm pretty sure every single woman has had that experience. And also like there was a generation of leggings that wore that. Like they weren't good quality and it was just, here's my butt, here mm-hmm. are my pink underwear. Yes. How are you today? That that was a real thing. It was traumatizing. Yes. I'm very sorry you had to go through that. I had one other traumatic um, underwear butt <laughs> experience, too. I don't like people to see my butt. <laughs> Everyone has a butt. You can literally see anything else. And it's like, I'm like, free the nipple, but oh, my butt? <laughs> no. See, I'm the opposite. I, was, I would much rather people see my butt than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Ugh. But when I was in high school, I uh, was in the mall and I w- had gone to the bathroom and I walked down almost the entire length of the mall with my dress 
tucked into my thong until a girl. That happened to me at work. At work? <laughs> Yours is worse. <laughs> so, how did that go? <laughs> Probably the same way yours did. But luckily, I was, like, walking into work, and I had my backpack on. So, my like, my dress got cut into my backpack. And luckily, did someone? Say yeah, something? luckily, I was walking down the hallway. I mean, I walked through lots of hallways, so I passed a bunch of people. I passed security guards who probably saw my my rear end. And finally, a girl was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry that you have to go through this right now, but your butt is out." God, I just now imagine in the way that residual hauntings happen that in the mall, in our in school, in at work, there are just these little like pockets of energy. And like someone sees yes. you bending over and your your underwear showing, and they're like, oh, "I think I just saw a ghost." <laughs> it's a it's a small girl with a oh, very white butt, <laughs> very pale, very pale. The contrast. It's oh blinding. god! Uh, if you are new, welcome. This is what we do. <laughs> we talk about ghosts, but we also talk about ourselves. <laughs> yes, uh, and our bodies. Yeah, but this. Episode is about dead bodies because we are doing cemeteries. Haunted cemeteries. Love it. I think you're first. I can be. Do you want to journey with me to hell? Yes. Cool. Okay. So we're going to talk about Stoll's Gateway to Hell, Stoll's Cemetery in Kansas. Ooh. There are a lot of... Wait, I like this because last full-length episode i did the gates to hell Mm -hmm. but now we're doing the gateway to hell well that's interesting that you say that because there are a lot of places that are proclaimed to be gates to hell or gateway to hell or door to hell whatever you want to call it but there's only one that the pope himself makes sure that his plane does not fly over when he's going over the states because he is that scared of it that place is stoll cemetery in stoll kansas which is actually an hour away from the Sally House. If you remember, I talked about that like way, way, way in the beginning yes. of the of yes. our podcasting journey. So if you want to visit Stoll Cemetery, which after you hear this story, you might not want to, and I don't recommend that you do. But hey, to each your own. If you choose to go, two for one, they're within an hour of each other. Go to both, you know? Make a weekend out of it. I don't know. You do you, boo. <laughs> so Stoll Cemetery. It's rumored to be one of seven portals to hell in the United States, and it's the home of a stairway not to heaven, but to hell. And it's also known as the place where Satan's offspring is buried, and legend goes that that Satan himself visits once or twice a year. Anyone and everyone who lives in the area of Stoll is aware of the legend of Stoll Cemetery, but they're not really big fans of how it affects the reputation of their town, and Stoll is like a very, very small town. I think there's only like 30 residents of the town and it's part of like a bigger county. But they are not big fans of this reputation. And if you ask any of them, they will likely tell you it's false or they'll tell you to get the hell out because they don't want anyone there. They don't want tourists coming. They don't want to- And I don't blame them. It's a cemetery. It's where a lot of their loved ones are probably, it's their final resting place. Who wants mm-hmm. all these ghost hunters rampaging all over their tombstones so i get it vandalism all of that i get it i get it or are they just trying to protect people from satan (laughs) from satan the soy alternative to meat i know i was like satan but not satan that you eat (laughs) because that's delicious 
Okay, so they're definitely encouraged to dispute the legends, but they didn't come out of nowhere. They developed out of years and years of strange occurrences and a very, very dark history. So, ooh, big jump play. <laughs> she, I even fed her before this episode. She's, she's been bad. She sounded like a, a tropical bird. Because <laughs> she flew, basically. Like, <laughs> and then flew through the air onto the back of the chair. I told you she's jealous that I'm sitting in her chair. Usually she sits, like, in the actual seat. Okay. So a little bit of history about Stoll. It was first settled in 1857 by German and Pennsylvania Dutch settlers who were seeking more freedom and also apparently trying to escape their military duties. And they settled here in this little area in, in Kansas. And the settlers were very religious. And initially, you know, they had their religious meetings all within like one of the, the homes of the of the community. But then they were like, you know, our community is growing. We want to have an actual place, a meeting place for us to practice our religion. So they decided to build an actual structure that was dedicated to their religious practices. And in 1867, the townspeople came together and built a stone structure. And it was a small little four-wall building. It was a church, and they called it Evangelical Emmanuel Church. And soon after, they had a cemetery commissioned next to the church for the town, and it operated as a church. And that's where they met, and that's where they practiced their religion. They called the cemetery Stoll Cemetery. And over time, that stone church went from a place for God to a place for Satan. And it didn't happen overnight, but it happened very gradually. And it happened because Stoll's population kept growing and their religious community kept expanding. So the congregation no longer fit within the confines of this stone structure So in 1902, they decided to abandon it and build a larger church kind of down the way. So the original building was left empty and abandoned, stood that way for many, many years. The roof began to fall in, the walls began to crumble, but not everyone thought it was useless because an old stone building with no one watching and no one in it or occupying it, what is that good for? It is good for a group that praised Satan, the devil, devil oh. worshipers. And even when the roof of the stone building fell, this group and these people kept continuing to gather in it. And even without a roof, it was said that during stormy nights, no rain would ever fall within the walls of the church. So you could look up through the roofless ceiling and see the rain falling, but it would never hit you if you were inside the walls of that building. Spooky. Mm-hmm. It also was said that it was impossible to break a glass bottle inside of the church. I don't know what that means, but I don't know. Doesn't sound good. Yeah, I don't know. But at the same time, I know that this is the gates of hell. But if you think about those things that you just said, not being able to break glass, the rain not hitting you, it seems nice. <laughs> Doesn't it? Like some someone's protecting you a little bit. Yeah, but I don't need the devil protecting me. True, but maybe he's got a bad rep. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why. Suddenly, <laughs> I've become. Oh shit! Am I getting possessed right now? Sympathy for the devil. Am I a devil lover? <laughs> I don't know. Could be. Could be. I don't know. Tune in. Keep up with us to to learn what <laughs> happened to Corinne. There's also a chance like that there were many rituals performed within the church and who knows how those rituals were performed or if there were any sacrifices performed in order for it to be protected in the way that it was, which might change your mind about how nice it felt. Okay. Okay. My beliefs are not fully set. I am open to changing. Great. Great. Let's continue. 
and I will probably change your mind. So it's funny because I feel like you're usually so hesitant to be like, oh, like it's fine. It sounds nice. Usually you're the one like, oh, I'm not going near there. You're going in first. You've changed, Corinne. It's because I took so much Benadryl before we started recording, <laughs> so I'm not myself. <laughs> wow. So there were so many rituals and, and sacrifices supposedly performed within this building that it's believed that they summoned Satan himself. And according to legend, one evening, one afternoon, one probably 3 a.m. in the middle of the night, ritual happening, a set of stairs all of a sudden appeared within the stone structure. And from seemingly nowhere, the devil ascended them and joined the congregation in this decrepit old stone building in the middle of Stoll Cemetery. And the town's reputation for dark magic was just beginning to grow and become more well-known throughout the area. And there's even a rumor that the town was originally named Skull, S-K-U-L-L town, but then was later changed to Stoll, S-T-U-L-L, which it is now to obscure its relation to the paranormal and this dark magic and the rumors that were being spread about the town. But that didn't stop the strange and unusual things from happening within the town because as these rituals were being performed and the town continued to have this reputation, the town was struck with tragedy. There was a young boy who was burnt to death by accident when his father was burning their crops. Horrible. I know, it's so sad. There were several suicides that occurred and a man's body was found hanging in a tree near the Stoll Cemetery. And while these could have been regular accidents or just tragedies of normal life, there was something in Stoll, and many people agree that they felt it, that there was something darker working in the town, and it was really hard to ignore. So the Stone Church begins to deteriorate even more significantly, and then in 2002, the townspeople were more than happy to be like, let's put an end to this, let's get rid of this stone building— it's already falling apart. It's a dangerous place. Like, we don't want our children going here. We don't even know, like, who's gathering here, who's meeting here, what's happening here late at night. It's just, let's just get rid of it. So they bulldozed it in 2002, and they thought their issues would be over with, but it was not. Because even though there are no remnants of this satanic church today, it's said that on occasion, a set of stairs will still appear on the cemetery grounds and the devil will visit this earthly realm. But be warned though, because if you do see these stairs, if you do happen to be in Stoll Cemetery and these stairs appear, you must not let your curiosity get the best of you. Do not attempt to climb or seek out the bottom of the stairs because those who do are said never to be seen again. Ooh. But that all sounds nice, right? Like it's like, trust your gut. Yeah, like I wouldn't, I'm not dumb. I'm not gonna like if a magical pair of pair of stairs just appear in the middle of a field or in the middle of a cemetery, I'm not tempted to go down there. But some people don't have a choice because it is said that when the stairs do appear, there's something that entrances anyone nearby. Anyone who looks at them becomes seemingly possessed and forced to go down the stairs. So even though your gut's telling you to run, Ooh. something is forcing you to look, to step closer and closer, and eventually, the next thing you know, your feet are moving mechanically, automatically, down, 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 and next thing you know, the world around you has disappeared, and you're shrouded in darkness, and you try to look back up, up over your shoulder to the top of the stairs, but it doesn't exist anymore. There is no more sunlight coming, and the next thing you know, you are at the gates of freaking hell. Like Alice in Wonderland, except like absolute panic wouldn't. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, thanks. It's said that if you do descend the stairs, you do reach hell and you find the entrance to hell. And at some point, maybe you might want to try and flee and go run back up the stairs. But even if you do, the stairwell grows higher and higher. And it takes, according to an article I read, it takes weeks to climb out. But many people would just give up or the devil gets them before they can get out. Are you just sort of like suspended in your living state at that point? Because two weeks without water or food, like you're you're dead. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it works similarly to, I guess it's not that similar, but like the way that alien abductions do, like you feel like no time has passed. But I guess it's like the opposite mm-hmm. where like you feel like so much time is passing and like you aren't able to get out and and. But then by the time you get out, like, it's only been a minute. Right. I don't, I mean, I haven't seen this show, but it reminds me of Manifest. My parents watched it where. Mm, on the plane. Yeah. The plane goes missing for like, what, 10 years or something and then reappears and everyone's like, what? Yeah. And they haven't aged a day. We were just on a 45 minute plane ride. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. So those are the stairs. And then next to this old stone church building, which no longer exists, there was this tall pine tree. And the tree was supposedly used to hang witches and criminals before the land was consecrated as a churchyard and a cemetery. And that this, and then this tree, as like the cemetery was developed and the church was developed, and over the years, the tree began to grow so wild and its roots would like stretch across the cemetery in like uh, abnormal ways. And it would like come up and grow through headstones and crack them and split them in half. And Ooh. people, believe it's it that like the roots are the souls of witches who died upon the tree and are now trying to dig in through graves and take the souls of those bodies with them to hell oh my god yeah oh that's so So dark i was totally thinking the opposite where it's like earth is goodness like mother nature is light and it's trying to take over and protect oh. and, like, block <gasps> off the gates of hell. So, like, it keeps expanding its roots, its branches. Oh, I just got chills. So that one day no one will be able to access this portal. I love that idea. I love that idea, but I'm really sad if that's the truth because <laughs> because the tree was cut down. No! <laughs> oh, no. That's sad. <laughs> Wow, okay, never mind. And the townspeople cut down the tree because basically this theory of the tree being connected to like darker souls and and people trying to take souls into hell, the town decided to cut it down because they were like, all these people are trying to come here to see this tree because they think it's like gonna, I don't know, introduce them to Satan. And so they took down the tree and even still the encounters with darker spirits and wispy white ghosts occurred and continue to occur, which makes me now fear that you were correct and that the tree was trying to protect the land. And when it was taken down, all things got worse. Yeah, <sighs> that would. Yes. And it makes me think, you know, because we, we've talked about it before, when there's an evil presence, when there's something dark present, are your thoughts your own or are they being implanted into you and you just believe them to be belonging to you? Oh, and so it makes me wonder terrifying. if the townspeople... We're like, oh, we need to take down this tree, but didn't really think it all through, just mm-hmm. acted right away because they were told something was, some energy <gasps> oh, was telling scary. Them, like, destroy the tree. Everyone in Stoll is possessed. We're going to get a lot of angry emails from the 30 residents of Stoll. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so all these like darker encounters continued to happen. There were there was a person who saw a house that appeared to be burning in the middle of the cemetery, but there was no house. No house exists within the cemetery. Uh, other ooh, that's so creepy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like that reminds me of the like phantom ghost ships that just <gasps> appear. Yeah. Ooh. But it's like a house, just almost like a mirage, but okay. make it phantom. Make it phantom. <laughs> make it phantom. Yeah, there's a lot of like visual imagery of fire and uh, there's like more encounters I'll read later. But like the a lot of people who do end up going to Stoll Cemetery feel the grasp of fingers tightening around their clothing or around their limbs, grabbing at them, and they'll turn around and find that no one's there. And so they were like... All these years of all of these experiences that people kept keeping to themselves or like would only tell close friends because they were so frightened or just confused about the experiences. And then it wasn't until 1974 when the University Daily Kansan published an article about the haunted Stoll Cemetery and about the devil's travels to this tiny town that Stoll Cemetery became commonly and well known as its haunted place. And when this article came out, so many people were like, oh my gosh, this makes sense. Now I understand why I had this experience. And it became way more popularly spoken about place. And the article insists that Stoll Cemetery wasn't a place where good and bad were battling, that evil had already won, sinking its teeth into the land and rotting it with pure evil. And I might even go as far as to say that article basically claimed it to be hell on earth. The article came to the conclusion that the devil seemed to visit Stoll Cemetery twice a year on Halloween and during the summer solstice. So when this article came out, as you can imagine, more people are talking about it. And because of that, more people are wanting to come visit this tiny little town in Kansas. And it turned kind of into a hysteria. There were like these webs of tales and so many stories are being spread. And and now it's kind of at that point where like it is hard to tell what is true and what is false, like a game of telephone, like how do you know how things become exaggerated over time. But whatever it is, the Pope was not taking any chances. And he heard about Stoll Cemetery and it was 1993. And he this is Pope John Paul II was supposed to go visit Colorado and As they were journeying across the states, he made sure that his pilot diverted the plane to fly completely around the state of Texas because he didn't want to take any chance that the plane would go over or near Stoll Cemetery, which is like, that's crazy. If the Pope is not taking any chances, then I am not either. I know. And how much money do you have? I mean, I I would assume that he was in a private plane. I'm also just thinking about like how much you're just burning by redirecting a plane like that. Yeah, but it probably was like before they even took off. It was like, make sure you don't go over it, you know? True. That's the original flight plan. Yeah, but the fact that he avoided it is so interesting. It's interesting, too, that he avoided it instead of opting to take just like a prop plane hanging out the window and just dumping holy water in the whole thing. You would think that that would be the go, the move. You yeah, know? I mean, send all the exorcists you have to Stoll Cemetery, I guess. Just, I picture him, you know, like the, the um, oh my God, I'm forgetting the name, but the people that, that drop down from helicopters and rescue people from the water. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the job is called. Crazy job, yeah. But I'm picturing the Pope like that, just like suspended <laughs> uh, in a in a harness, just <laughs> flying over the helicopters, souls. bringing him, and he's just... Flying over like Jesus, just like 
doing everything you possibly can over the gates of hell. I don't know how this isn't like a crazy action movie yet. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're writing it right now. <laughs> but so even though the Pope wouldn't go there, and I wouldn't either because the Pope won't get, go there, there are so many that do. And after that article was published in 1974, so many people started flocking towards Stoll, Kansas, and to the cemetery on Halloween and on the solstice. And in 1978, more than 150 people attempted to see the devil arrive uh, on Halloween. And then 10 years later, in 1988, just to show how exponentially this grew, in 1988, over 500 people were there gathered on Halloween to see the devil's scheduled appearance. And like I said, it said that Satan ascends the stairs on Halloween and on the solstice in order to visit the grave of his son. So there's like, when I was doing the research on this, there's a little bit that's unclear. And this could be where the story was like spun into something more. But why is the devil visiting? Why does he come twice a year? And legend goes that his son is buried there. Or there's another legend that says the woman who gave birth to their son is dead and buried in that cemetery. And he goes to visit her. This is very interesting. This is like bringing me back. I really hope that this does not offend anyone. But it's it's bringing me back to CCD when we talk about Mary and God essentially like impregnating her with Jesus. And it's kind of giving me vibes of like a similar story, Mm. but contrasted to be like the devil, like he, Satan had, Lucifer had a relationship similar and produced of human flesh this offspring. Yeah, it reminds me of the American Horror Story. What is it? Apocalypse? And it's all about the devil's spawn. Scary. Oh, wait. Is that the very last season? It might be. Okay. I'm on the second to last season, so I haven't seen that one yet. Okay. But now I know what it's about. You so learned it in episode one. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Probably in like the first two minutes. There are a few different legends and like beliefs around why the devil comes to visit. Is it to visit his dead son's grave? Is it to visit his baby mama of his son's grave? Is it? No one knows. No one can be absolutely certain, but basically people are very enticed by this ability or, or possibility to see the devil. And some people say that on Halloween, they've seen this like dark hooded figure appear late in the middle of the night. And other people have said they've also seen like a werewolf accompanying him. And people believe that his son is a werewolf and it's, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like at that point, you don't, you don't know what the truth is. Um, but it's so it's fascinating. Real, real vibes too of uh, Sabrina. Yeah. Like the, the Archie comics version mm-hmm. where you all have like a familiar and to think of Satan himself having a familiar and that being yeah, his werewolf wolf like creature. That's cool. Quite interesting. And it also reminds me of so many of the stories that people have um, sent and experienced about these really dark wolf or mm-hmm. um, just like a black dog with red eyes and the belief that the that grim. is. Yes. Or just like some variation of the Grim Reaper, the a devil, a shapeshifter, what have you. But it's interesting to think that maybe it's like just the right-hand man <laughs> to the, the devil. creature that is the eyes uh, for Lucifer. Very. Little Lucy, Mr. Luce. <laughs> Mr. Lucy, Luce. Lucy Lou. Like I said, that this town was like attracting so many people twice a year and probably 
even all the time for people who just wanted to wander their cemetery. And the crowd just kept growing in number. And every year the townspeople of Seoul were becoming more furious. And it, it got to the point where they put up chain link fences. They put no trespassing signs up. They, along with local police, would stand guard on those two nights a year to, like, prevent anyone from trying to, like, break through the fence and go into the cemetery. And it's become really, really hard for anyone to go visit Stoll Cemetery, especially on those two very popular days, Um, Mm -hmm. which is probably for the best because I don't think going to see the devil is going to end well for many people. Like, what do you hope to gain from this? I know. And how do you trust anything that happens? You know, I feel like yeah. there's so much spun in a particular way to make you feel or see something that's not actually there, especially when we talk about like powerful paranormal activity. And so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't really uh, open up. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. Let this guy in. No, probably not. So like I said, like, sin- you know, since all of this and since all the popularity, the townspeople have demolished the church. They removed the hanging tree and they've tried to make it really impossible for anyone to obtain permission to investigate the property so that's why it hasn't been featured on any of like the big popular ghost hunting shows and why there aren't like all the like youtube videos of people investigating it because they are pretty strict with those rules um but it has been featured in television and in like pop culture the show supernatural although it's filmed in vancouver like they based their final or season five finale all in Stoll Cemetery. And there's like a big, massive, like almost apocalyptic showdown with the devil in Stoll Cemetery, but obviously filmed not there. And also apparently the creator of Supernatural wanted to make the brothers of Supernatural from a town like in Kansas because it was close to Stoll Cemetery. Oh God. Yeah. It's creepy. It almost goes against what we've been taught with television and film which is if you choose a location that's a little too haunted or that's a little too creepy you're going to have a lot of weirdness and odd occurrences happening on set or to the people but they try they wanted they just called it that they were imitating yeah so i feel like they were opening up to that sort of energy i mean that whole show is it's supernatural yeah i guess they're on theme on brand so even though it's quote-unquote off limits it doesn't stop people from paying visits and, and there are like you know, some people who like walk through by themselves during the day, but it's very like, it is very difficult to spend a long duration of time there. So there's investigators from Planet Weird who went to visit Stoll Cemetery and upon arrival, they realized the cemetery was on fire. Like there were patches of grass all over the cemetery that were just ablaze, kind of everywhere. And they're not the only ones who've experienced that. There are many other visitors who report seeing little patches of fire all throughout the cemetery as if the devil forgot to close the doors on his way back to hell, or maybe hell is just so dang hot that the ground is smoking. Um, I mean, it very possibly could just be like a lit cigarette that like lit a fire or or just the heat hitting the ground some way. But if you look up the video, it is like patches kind of all over, spread out in in no pattern, really. It is kind of weird. That's very strange. Yeah. That's really strange because if it were like a gas line or something, it would be very clear pattern. Yeah. And unless there's like a dog just wandering in and peeing every day. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. I'm sure there's someone. I'm sure there is a scientific reason. Someone can tell us if they want. Um, I just imagine like a little kid in a house across the street, like 
shining a magnifying glass at the sun and just hitting a bunch of different places. <laughs> um, visitors who have made trips at night have fallen victim to various mysterious phenomena. Some of them have reported experiencing missing time. And even though, according to their watches, they've spent several hours in the cemetery, they get out and then they remember nothing. There are people who, like, have camped out kind of in the, like, area near the cemetery and their flashlights run out of battery and they have all of, like, electronic problems and their cell phones, like, go out. There's no service. And one last story that I will leave you with is that a well-known celebrity that I know you, Corinne, love. Post Malone? No. Ariana Grande? Yes. Oh, my God. She went to visit Stoll Cemetery and is a huge fan of the paranormal. So she was on tour for, I can't remember what album, but this was in 2013. And she was passing through Kansas and she was like, I need to go to Stoll Cemetery. She had heard about it. She wanted to drive by it. So on a break... In August of 2013, Ariana visited Stoll Cemetery, and she went on to say that upon arriving to Stoll Cemetery, she felt sick. She felt an overwhelming feeling of negativity, and it took over the entire car, and the car started to smell of sulfur, which is the sign of a demon. She also said that all of a sudden, like, accompanying this sulfuric smell was a fly in their car, and their windows had been up like where did this fly come from and so she was just like that's exorcism another demonic symbol and she was like this is so scary we need to leave and before doing so she rolled down the window and she apologized to the spirits because she didn't mean to interrupt their peace and as many of us do feel inclined to celebrities are just like us she too snapped a photo of the cemetery before driving off with her friends or whoever she was in the car with and as they drove away from the cemetery Ariana looked at the photo she took, and there she saw three distinct demonic-looking faces. And I tried finding the photo, but... Oh, that was going to be my next question. (laughs) I was like, where do we look? But, so she freaked out. So there's a little bit of story. She does not have the photo anymore. So she, like, was looking at this photo and was freaking out. The next day, she tried to send the photo photo to her manager, but it wasn't sending. It kept failing. And so when she looked at the details of the photo, she saw that it was 666 megabytes. And she was just like, there's a reason it's not sending. This is just a weird coincidence. I don't like it. And so she, she completely deleted the photo. And then the... Art- also, I mean, if you're taking a picture on your phone, aren't they all the exact same size? Like, how you would, would that think. change? I don't know. In terms of megabytes. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know electronics, Me but it seems very odd. Very strange. And she said that um, in the article I was reading, it was like an interview kind of all about her paranormal experiences and things that she um, had gone through. And she said that she used to have a photo album on her phone called Demons. And it was like any photo that she got of like something she thought was paranormal But, like, weird, weird shit started happening to her. And, like, she would wake up with sleep paralysis with, like, shadow figures in her room and, like, demonic faces, like, in her sleep. And she'd have weird dreams. So she just deleted the entire album. And all of that stopped. Which I don't blame her. And, um, yeah. She was like, Stoll Cemetery is fully haunted. I fully believe it. I do, too. I I don't know what's true and what's not. I think the story about it is just so fascinating and interesting and regardless of 
how much of it's true and how much of it is false. It's a fun story to hear. And it clearly is a place with some bad juju. It could be Satan or the resident spirits who were laid to rest in Stoll Cemetery that are just like annoyed with all the looky-loos who are like trampling their graves. And they're like, uh-uh, we're going to give your soul to Satan. I don't know. Or they're just like, stop, leave us alone. And they're just, you know, they're haunting the way any ghost would. Um, who knows? But that is Stoll Cemetery in Texas, the gateway to hell. So creepy. When you were just talking about the town and not to anger anyone, <laughs> Stoll, but it made me think of like the House of Wax or just, just any sort of horror movie where the town itself or like Get Out where everybody's in on it except for you. And it's you're made to believe something different than what's actually happening and you're essentially like tricked into so scary so scary all right this is effed up we're gonna make a horror movie horror action movie where the pope is gonna go cleanse stole cemetery yes and all the residents are actually aliens <laughs> so it's gonna be called sharknado part five <laughs> and that's the movie wow oh that's so creepy yeah I'm really curious uh, because, like you said in the beginning, there's a bunch of different places around the world, around the U.S. that are considered some sort of portal to hell. But I wonder if all of these, if we compare them to one another, I wonder how many things would add up in terms of, like, the characteristics of the haunting. Ooh, when you were saying that, I was wondering if you mapped them all out, the gateways to hell, and if you, like, connected them in a way and it did, like, a weird demonic shape. Ooh, yes. What if it spelled out 666 across the Ooh! world? Like like a star when you're like, oh, look, it's Orion's belt. But like, it's it's a demon. Do you still Creepy. do you still have sympathy for him? No. I do want to know more about, no, it, about his story, you know? Right. Yeah. Because we're, we're told one thing and then we never really look truly into it. Although, I don't know if I've told you this. I may have. But I was in a used books bookshop like 15 years ago mm -hmm. and i found this old book of wicca and i was like oh my god so interesting i would love to learn more about this and then as i started flipping through the pages of it in the old bookstore there was so many notes <gasps> there were so many notes and so many like just markings and things inscribed in it and it was really dark oh my gosh <gasps> that's so cool so whoever was practicing wicca with this book was not doing it in a nice way at all. And I was like, fuck this, curse this book. Like, Oh my God, that gave me chills. I can't even bear to touch it anymore. It was so, so creepy. Oh my God, that reminds me of the Half-Blood Prince in the book that Harry finds. I don't remember that, but sh yes. It was Snape. It was Snape's uh, book, yeah. but it was good. Oh my God, that's so creepy, but so cool that you found that. I know. I'm glad that I didn't buy it and yeah. like, didn't spend any more time with it or interact with it at all. But at the same time, I'm like, Damn, I really wonder where that is. I almost wish that I did just like take it and never take it home. Just like buy it and then ship it off somewhere to someplace that collects rap. Oh my God, you could send it to the occult museum. That would have been so cool. Yes, I know. Or did the, oh, that could have been your intro to Zach Bagans. Oh, Zach. <laughs> Mrs. Zach. Do you know we exist? No. no. Whatever. No, that's fine. <gasps> Either just post Malone. Best. Okay. What did you pick? All right. Uh, something maybe slightly less scary than you. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Good way to end it. Uh, this is the haunting of Fort Boise Military Reserve Cemetery. It is located in Boise, Idaho, 
and this cemetery is uh, somewhat new-ish to the spot. It was originally built half a mile south of its current location at the old Boise Barracks. But in 1906, there was a big flash flood that came from Cottonwood Creek right around the corner. uh, And it engulfed the whole cemetery location. (gasps) And graves flooded. They started to erode. And it just, like, was not a good scene. Oh, no. But about a half mile north, there was this lot of land that seemed to be quite desirable for a cemetery like this. It was not quite as close to the creek as its old location. It was somewhat level land. I mean, it's it's still on a slant. It's on these like rolling hills. But it was a good spot to transport all of the dead who had just been essentially moved underneath the ground from the splash flood. So military, they move the cemetery. They take all of the fallen soldiers, so many Civil War soldiers, officers, the family members of those people some civilian graves, and they take them and they bring them to this new location a half mile north. Oh, so sorry. Just to interrupt. I just rewatched Poltergeist, the original. This like already just, I know you're saying yours is less scary, but it already reminds me of that because in that movie, the whole like town is built over a cemetery, but they didn't move the bodies. So this is already better. So creepy. Although I would love to live next to a cemetery. That's the one thing that I think yes. is that I would actively work towards. That's spooky. The neighbors are very quiet. But they are. And usually, honestly, cemeteries are are generally more peaceful very. than a lot of other places. Yes. Because there's so much respect. There's so much love. And there's so much intention for people to be at peace and move on. That I think it's yeah. almost uh, less likely for a spirit to be trapped in a cemetery rather than a house or what have you. And there's just so much history too in cemeteries. Like I feel like you could walk around and see the names of people and like learn a little bit about them. I I think that's very beautiful. Yeah. And you as a spirit learned about yourself. You know, there's there's less confusion as to what's happening. Yeah. You can see your grave, you see the marker, you understand what's going that's on. That's true. And you have a support system because I'm sure there are some other people <laughs> sticking around the cemetery helping helping you to, to be at peace. I love a ghostly support group. Just that's what it is. <laughs> they meet every Thursday. Someone always forgets to bring the donuts. Oh, gosh. Awful. But great. <laughs> okay, so all of the graves, they're transported. And, you know, the loved ones of those people, it's a bit of a scare. The final resting place or what they thought was the final resting place of their loved one was ruined. Mm-hmm. They have to go through the, the pain of relocating. But everyone's like, okay, sigh of relief. The land is better half mile away. Nothing bad's going to happen at this new place. Finally, people can rest. It's going to be great. Uh, it's going to be peaceful. And maybe it would have been if some people had not been forgotten about. And I'm not talking about just, you know, memories fading of people who passed away a couple centuries ago because generations continue on. People start to forget. No, I'm talking about actually forgetting behind some of the dead bodies at the old location. What? So not long after the cemetery had been relocated to this new location, soldiers were at the barracks, at the, the Boise military barracks. They were like, oh my gosh, great. No longer a cemetery, so much land. Let's use this place as a shooting range. What? And so everyone's going there and they're using it as a shooting range and they're roaming around this land. They're practicing their target shooting. And at some point, some of them happen upon a few additional graves. And you would think that they might be hard to miss because it's not just like there was a body that just somehow 
floated to the top of the ground through the the wet ground after the flood. Like these were graves and they had markers and it was a bit it was a bit more clear. Uh, and yet these people had been missed. They'd been forgotten about and they were left far from the others. So once a final resting place with, you know, a couple hundred other people, suddenly you're left and there's just a few of you behind and everyone else is gone and you're confused as a spirit. So the yeah. soldiers are like, oh, dang. <laughs> and they quickly report their findings. The land was then marked saying like, yo, this is off limits. No more military use. We are respecting the dead. We are going to relocate all of these graves. We're going to uh, make sure that they have a spot to rest in the new cemetery location. And that's what they did. They moved those bodies. Wow. And then in 1913, the Boise barracks closed down. And then shortly after World War II ended, many of the small military uh, cemeteries were closed down due to funding. But the Boise Cemetery, also known as the Cottonwood Cemetery because it's right next to Cottonwood Creek, it remained, and it was agreed upon that this cemetery should be left undisturbed. It should be just as it was, left in its natural state, made into a historic site, a nice historic glimpse into a turn-of-the-century uh, grave site, and that no more bodies would be buried there. It's essentially inactive. Mm -hmm. And it really was inactive. But, but sometime between the, the late 40s and early 50s, it became a popular spot for vandalism. And so oh. people would go in, they'd enter the cemetery, they would just destroy what they could. They ruined the beautiful white markers of the graves. They shot at the markers. What? Sometimes they just outright removed the markers from the ground. They just would take them, they'd steal them, bring them home. Can they not? Get, right? But then it just brings me back to, like, all the rooms I've been in of people who, like, stole traffic. I mean, it's different to steal, yeah. like, a traffic cone. But just, like, God, just don't. Like, keep your hands to yourself. And then there was also a lot of rumors about satanic rituals, similar to mm -hmm. your story. People using the land for something other than a peaceful resting place for um, military and the loved ones of military. And so there was just a lot happening for a few decades here. But then in 1978, to try to help sort of with this issue, uh, the Park Board of Commissioners, they made it a reserve. And so more funding was given to maintaining this property more people were paying attention to the cemetery, and so the vandalism slowed down. Thank goodness. That's great. But it didn't fix everything that they had already done. Mm. You know, like, now there's a ton of unmarked graves right. because of what had happened to the markers. And then also tombstones are not cheap, so, like, if they have to, like, get remade, no. it's not, yeah, it's not easy. Right. And it's just, like, it, if you think about the deceased being at rest, to go through a flood, to be relocated, and then to essentially have all of this stuff happen in seemingly the middle of nowhere with with no defense it's it's i would i could only assume it's quite frustrating yeah. for the spirits of course and then yet again in 1998 three more civil war veterans were unearthed nearby the cemetery Whoa. after the flood uh and so then they were brought to Boise Cemetery so technically it's an inactive cemetery and hasn't had an official burial in over 100 years um, but they did have to relocate some mm. of the bodies as they kind of happened upon them. So today there's a total of 252 people buried in the cemetery. The cemetery is seemingly abandoned, but it's very well maintained. No one has been buried there. Like I said, it's been inactive for a century. But the cemetery still remains there. And everyone is like, oh, it's it's very interesting. It's beautiful. It's a way to look at kind of how, some, how cemeteries were back in the early 1900s, the turn of the century, B 
because it's really been maintained to be authentic and to to still be the same. There haven't really been many modernization of the cemetery. Hmm. Um, but the spirits of the deceased uh, might be sticking around because those who visited Boise Cemetery or or Cottonwood Cemetery say that during the day it is tranquil. It is incredibly peaceful. Oh, sounds so nice. It's nestled in the foothills of Boise. It's old. It's beautiful. It brings peace over people who visit. It's just an enjoyable little historic walk during the day. Oh, no. Until the night falls. Ooh. And then the spirits become a little bit more restless. And multiple apparitions have been seen roaming the graveyard property. Some have seen a young child, a boy, who sits on the only bench in the cemetery. And he looks out onto the graves. He looks out onto the foothills. And he's alone. He has no one to play with. He has no parents to comfort him. And he just sits there waiting for something. And sometimes he gets up. Sometimes he roams around the graves. And so we must wonder, is this poor little boy, this poor little ghost boy, is he looking for his family? Oh. Or is he just passing the time, passing eternity? We don't know. People have also spotted a soldier standing near the graveyard's flagpole, which just so happens to be via the images that I searched right next to the bench. It's also believed that the spirits can roam outside of the area of the cemetery because there's been the spirit of a woman and children spotted near at a nearby school. Oh. So I'm like, oh my God, is this the spirit of maybe a mother trying to enroll her not-so-living kids? What is this? What happened? Ooh. Who are these people? Yeah. And also need to know if the students at that school, the, the living students, I know. if they've witnessed anything. What do they know? I also, this is super tragic, but like if it's a bunch of kids and, and like a woman, is it like a teacher and kids that like all passed away in some horrible way oh and they they all kind of haunt that area together? I don't know. That is sad. Why don't we, why don't we settle on this? Okay. It's a woman and her children that were, or it, it's a, it's a woman who had been a teacher locally. Uh-huh. And- so she loves children, and so her spirit has remained to help uh, keep the children company. Oh, I love that. And can't quite continue on yet. She helps all the children's souls. That She does. I like that. I prefer that. Yes. She's like Miss Frizzle. She takes them on field trips. Aww. It's a great time. That's sweet. But anyway, there's, there's a bunch of paranormal activity that starts to happen when night falls. So, of course, only naturally, paranormal investigators are like, let's go to the cemetery. Let's bring some equipment. Let's see what we unearth. So, oh, and then I wrote, not that the spirits here need much help unearthing themselves, whether it be by flood or by their own fruition. <laughs> so true, though. <laughs> I was thinking it is kind of, kind of incredible. I mean, awful that these bodies were all unearthed by the flooding, but yeah, it sounds like some of these bodies were unmarked and like unknown that they were buried there. So it is kind of good that that happened and now that these souls can be laid to rest properly and be accredited mm -hmm. for i know yeah it is nice it does and what scars me most is envisioning the flood and bodies like legit slipping out of the ground because it's possible that's what happened in the old burial cemetery here in boston yeah. right by boston common it flooded the ground was just so wet tombstones started to sink tombstones started to just like kind of slide out of the cemetery onto the onto the ground. And mm -hmm. I mean, happened with the humans, the remains as well. Right. So pretty crazy. 
the founder of Visions Paranormal Society blog said that when their group went to the cemetery, they captured an EVP. And on the tape, they heard a young man respond to the question, what is your name? And he said, James. And they also captured the word Tennessee, which they believe is where he's from. Wow. (laughs) Another group of paranormal investigators met uh, another man. So not James, the, the spirit that had first presented itself, but another man who announced his name is Jerry. And on the in, and one of the investigators, Debbie Frediani, who was there, and really they weren't, she wasn't even trying to investigate. She had been to the cemetery before. She was really just like taking a stroll through and doing her usual thing. Mm-hmm. But she took one voice recording just to see just only asked one question, and then the rest of the time was just, like, enjoying the view, mm-hmm. enjoying, like, reading all the markers, all of that. But when she turned the recording on, all she said is, what is your name? And then Jerry announced himself, Jerry. <gasps> and after hearing that, she noted that where she had been standing was right next to a grave that had the name Jerry. So she was with that spirit. Oh, my gosh. Also, while she was there, she had her hair up uh, in a ponytail. And she felt this, like, phantom unseen hand stroking <gasps> her ponytail. Just giving it a little feel. I do want someone to play with my hair right now. But I would well, be nice. Ghosties. Put it out into the universe. Come here. Hello, ghosts. I'm ready. And also, capturing an EVP is not out of the norm here. So I just told you about a couple where, where spirits say their names. But whether people have recording devices on them or not, disembodied voices do cut through this otherwise peaceful cemetery. And it really frightens some of the visitors. And then as the sun goes down, the early 1900s cemetery turns from a scenic walk to the beginning of a horror film. Because you'll get this really uneasy feeling, just like Ariana Grande did in The Gates to Hell. Yeah. And the hair on your the back of your neck will stand up. Your ears will go back. You'll be more alert. And you'll feel like someone is watching you. Feel oh like gosh. someone is following you. Spooky. And feel like you really need to leave. So here is a little story I found uh, on one of the Boise forums. It's by an unnamed local, but they did not put their name. So just like with every unnamed person, I name them. And so we're calling this person Alex. So back on the eve of Halloween in 2011... This person, Alex, went up to the cemetery with their mom to walk around and take pictures. And when pulling into the parking lot, there was only one other car parked, and it was full of teenagers. Well, as full as the car can be, legally, with teenagers. And so Alex and Alex's mom are just like, oh, these kids are probably just here for a good spook. It's the eve of Halloween. They dared each other, blah, blah, blah. And the kids just stayed in the car. So Alex and Alex's mom, they get out. The kids are still in the car. The kids never come out while they're at the cemetery. And then they they walk over to the cemetery and they start uh, walking around. They go through the unlocked gate. And as soon as they get into the cemetery to walk around, they immediately felt like something was off. They felt super dizzy, super disoriented, <gasps> which was strange because the cemetery, for one, has very little vegetation. It's really just out in the open. You can see exactly oh. where you are. You can see all of your surroundings. You can see uh, anyone or anything around you. It's small. It's impossible to get lost in the cemetery. Like, just look it up. It's it's like a backyard, I'm looking essentially. It up. Yes. And there's, there's very little growth around it. Like, it's just hills. 
And this this feeling was even stranger, too, because Alex had been to the cemetery dozens of times before and had never experienced something like this. But they decided to continue on, and Alex started taking a lot of pictures, just walking around and pointing the camera literally in, at all sides, all angles, any direction. Oh, no. And just keeps on snapping photos. And so the two of them, they explore, they look at the remaining grave markers, and then about 30 minutes after looking around, they decide... All right, we've seen it all. Let's head home. But upon reviewing the photos taken, Alex realized why the energy felt so different. <gasps> what? 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 How? Why? Because they were not alone. And in Ew. numerous... Oh, God, I have children now. In numerous photos, there were orbs. Like, so many photos. Oh, not even my just gosh. like, oh, we captured, like, one photo that we think might be an orb. Numerous photos had these orb-like lights Sometimes 10 orbs at a time. Do you have and these so, pictures? No, I don't. Oh. Because this person just posted on a forum. And so I, I don't, I have no idea. Whoever you are, please uh, but, share. Yeah, maybe they listen or maybe someone who listens knows who this is. But took a ton of photos and so many of those photos showed orbs. But Alex is like, okay, well, there's a really good chance that these are spirits. I also want to kind of err on the side of this maybe just being an explainable occurrence. Maybe the lighting was weird. Maybe there were spots on my camera lens for certain periods of time. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what Alex did with those photos, kind of wrote it off. But there were two photos that could not be explained away. Oh, my gosh. One photo showed what looked to be a large shape near the gate wall. And it had been dark when Alex was there. Dusk was coming. It was October. The sun sets earlier. Uh, and it was it was really starting to get a bit darker. And so the photo was dark. It was hard to make out. But then Alex went into one of the photo editing apps and just clicked auto adjust colors. That's it. Just did that. Oh. And then the image became clear. And this darkness was not a smudge. It was not a shadow. It was not a trick of light. It was an apparition of a young man, of a young man standing in front of the gate in mid-1900s clothing and he was somewhat see-through. <gasps> and no one had been there. The teenagers were still in their car. It was just Alex and Alex's mom. The cemetery is small. You can see everyone. You can see everything. And yet this man was undetected at the time. Oh, my gosh. Standing there watching on. Ooh. And the other photo is also undeniably a ghost caught on camera. And this photo was one that Alex snapped of Alex's mom. And... uh this photo was taken at the bench that's right next to the flagpole, and it overlooks the view of the rolling hills uh, and the cemetery. And Alex's mom was just sitting there on the bench, and Alex was like, Doom, snap a pic. Nothing mm -hmm. out of the ordinary, just a seemingly normal picture of my mom sitting on a bench in front of the cemetery that we're exploring on the eve of Halloween. <laughs> but then examining this photo back later, there appears to be this smoke wrapping itself around <gasps> Alex's mom. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So creepy. So I really hope one day we get to see these photos. Wait, that's so spooky. It's like the ribbon wrapping technique, but a ghost is doing it and wrapping itself around you. Yikes. And so it goes that when you visit the cemetery, you are likely not the only one exploring the land. <laughs> if you choose to visit, the cemetery is open from sunrise to sunset, but you best leave before it gets dark. So spooky. And that is the Cottonwood Cemetery, also known as the Fort Boise Military Reserve Cemetery in Boise, Idaho. So cool. I do wonder, though, if, like, every cemetery does have, like, a 
tranquility during the day. And then at night, it does Mm. get a little bit spookier because there are ghosts roaming around. And maybe that's when their support group meets. And that's why it's just got a different vibe because yes, I don't know. This actually kind of a a bit of both of our stories reminded me of this story that was on Reddit that was written by an author. And I cannot remember any of the details. I can't remember the person's name. Um, You can't remember any of the details? Uh, No. As I'm talking, though, I'm going to look it up because actually my coworker had sent me the article on Slack. So I'm going to look it up. But essentially, this there was this amazing like five part story that was uh, on Reddit that was just purchased, I believe, by Netflix. But oh. there's a lot of similarities with our stories and some of like the themes of the story. Okay, I found it. Oh, on Reddit, this is this is kind of like long, but if you just search, it's by the user Vato Cabron. So V A T O C A B R O N. But if you search on Reddit, you'll just we should put it in the show notes. Oh my god, yeah, we should. But it's being turned into a show or a movie. It's so good. I read it all. Will you send it to me? Send me the link. Send it to me. Yes. My nighttime reads. Let me send it to you right now. Perfect. No. Thank you. It's so good. It's like, it took me, I think, like an hour, hour and a half. Probably, honestly, probably an hour. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. There's multiple parts. It's so good. (gasps) Fun. Okay. I have a listener story. Woo. Which combines so many of my favorite things. Okay. This is from Chloe and it's called Ouija Board Experience. Mm. Hi, ladies. My name is Chloe. I'm from Canada, and I have a Ouija board story to share with you. So this story did not happen to me. It happened to my mom. Circa 1970s, my mom is a teenager hanging out with her friends in the sleepy village of Lac Baker, close to the Quebec border. They were playing board games at her house, and they were planning to go see a movie afterwards. But for some reason, someone had a Ouija board and suggested to play it. To give you the setting... It's an old house, and sitting across the road from it is the village cemetery. Oh, your dream house, Corinne. (laughs) So, they take out the Ouija board, and several of them put their hands on the planchette. They begin asking questions like, what color is Amy's shirt? Who am I going to marry? And, what movie are we seeing? Might I add that it answered all of the questions correctly, as well as who my mother was going to marry. It spelt out, M-I-K-E. Well, guess what? My dad's name is Mike. So after a while, they finally ask, who are we speaking with? And the Ouija board moves to D-E-V-I-L, devil. They start getting freaked out and blame others for moving the planchette. So they try saying goodbye, but the entity won't go. It keeps spelling out E-V-I-L and D-E-V-I-L evil, devil, evil. They eventually give up and they head out to see their movie. So they didn't close the board. Now this is where it gets interesting. At the movie, one of her friends trips and breaks her leg. They get a call saying that one of their friends, who was not with them at the time, passed away. And on the way back from the movies, the car breaks down without explanation. And when they get home, fire trucks and firemen are everywhere because the house next to my mom's had caught fire. All of these horrible events told them that they really had communicated with the devil. My mom went immediately for the Ouija board and they sat up all night trying to get the spirit to leave. It eventually let them say goodbye and my mother buried the Ouija board and swore to never touch one again. My theory is that because my mother lived at a farm where they butchered animals, it attracted negative energy and also because they were across the street from a cemetery. 
I do believe that places where a lot of death take place can attract this negative energy. And what's surprising to me is the insane force this entity had. Were these events just coincidences? I'm not sure, but my advice is, first of all, don't do Ouija boards. But secondly, always say goodbye. Stay spooky, Chloe. Literally, what the heck? Like, (laughs) so freaking scary. It's awful. It's so terrifying. I feel really guilty that my first thought was when they're when they said that their friend passed away, I really thought the story was going to take a turn and it was going to be like their friend was such a prankster and was just like loved things, scary things and wanted to essentially play a prank on them and make them believe that they had contacted the, contacted the devil. But then when Chloe was talking about the fire and just like all of the awful things that occurred, it just, yeah, obviously it was something very dark. Yeah, like all of those happening is not a coincidence. Like her friend of the no. movies tripped broke her leg the house next to her, next door caught on fire like you don't you don't leave a ouija board unclosed it's so scary i know if anyone we always say don't use ouija boards it, but that's not the right answer for a lot of people a lot of people in their own like spiritual practices use them but whether you use them for your own practice or whether you're using it for fun close the damn board yeah do not forget to do that and then if you if you suspect that something, the thing that you're speaking to is darker or not good, end the session as quickly as possible, just don't risk it. That's so scary. It's terrible. I hate that. I hate that a lot. Oh, God, Ouija board. You you always pick out a Ouija board story. And I, <laughs> I feel like I never do because they scare the heck out of me. Does it give you a bad taste in your mouth? It does. And then suddenly I'm like, oh, my God, what if I do a Ouija board? And then I was like, I don't own one. And also I can say no. I don't know why suddenly this is a a fear that I'm going to lose control and be like all over the place and and playing a Ouija board alone in in my room. (laughs) You're going to become possessed all of a sudden and then do that? It all started on episode 136 when when I said that I don't really mind Lucifer. (laughs) (laughs) What is happening to me? (sighs) This is possession, Corinne. Welcome to it. It is. Okay, I have an email from Jennifer. Jennifer! (laughs) All right. Dear Corinne and Sabrina, love your podcast and I've been binging the last week at work. I've successfully jumped every time a coworker comes to ask me a question. (laughs) (laughs) I went to college in Savannah, Georgia, aka one of the most haunted cities in America. And while there for four years, I had quite a few experiences. You may do an episode on this later in the podcast. I only just found you, but I thought I would share them anyway. One of the prominent ghost tours offered is the hearse tour, in which they've renovated old funeral hearses into cars and they drive six people in it. Oh, I love that. Wow. I love doing them, not only for the ghost stories, but also because you learn a lot about the history of the city. Side note, Savannah has an open container law, so drinking while being driven around listening to ghost stories was always a thrilling event. So fun. (gasps) Let's do it. I'm down. This specific tour I had taken with a friend visiting me. My roommate and her mother, and another one of our close friends. The tour guide we had, I think his name was Bob, drove us to some places that were not on the normal route. Our last stop on the hour-long tour brought us a bit outside of the historic district to an old Jewish cemetery on the grounds of what is now an elementary school. Naturally. Hmm. He pulled up to it and he let us out of the car, which is also not normal, to walk around a bit. The place was out of the way and it was also deserted, so it gave us a really creepy feel already. The cemetery had six-foot concrete walls all around and was probably only about 12 feet square. This was in the older part of the burial ground. Apparently, the newer part had been, 
quote, moved when the school was built. Oh my gosh. This happened a lot in Savannah. Bob pulled out a small step stool from the car and told us that we could probably use it to peek over and see inside. Me being the tallest, I was chosen for the job. (laughs) So my roommate was a photography major and she had brought her fancy camera along. She passed it to me and asked me to take a photo so everyone could see inside. As I reached up to the top, now realizing how insane and foolish I was, I tried snapping some photos. It wasn't taking anything, so I told her to switch the setting because there wasn't any light for it to grab onto. She changed the setting to automatic so that no matter what, it was going to snap a photo. Again, I climbed back up and I tried. Nothing. So I said, someone give me a cell phone because that has to work. I started taking some shots with an iPhone only to review the photos and see that the image was covered in white streaks. It was as if someone had used a white paint tool in Photoshop and had just gone crazy. You couldn't see a thing into the walled area. We all kind of looked at each other, including Bob, and returned to the car quickly and quietly. A few days later, when we downloaded the photos from the phone onto the computer, we had only about two minutes to review them before they literally disappeared. I am not kidding. We watched them just go away from the phone and the computer as if they'd never existed. Oh, They weren't even in the deleted folder. And I realize how crazy this sounds, but we all saw it. Something did not want us to see into those walls. Ooh, spooky. This is just one of the many Savannah hauntings that I experienced while there, but definitely the most frightening. Thanks for reading and keep up the good work, Jennifer. Whoa. It's so weird when phones do that and like ghosts can control photos. Yes. Very creepy. And it it brings me back to uh, your story with Ariana Grande's report of seeing three demons and- yeah. I mean, she chose to delete the photo, but the fact that the photo wouldn't send and it was just basically like trying to stay there and kind of mark her is just all the more creepy and just so unsettling. Yeah. It's very frightening. Jeez. It makes me wonder too, like those things that delete themselves, do you think that there's any sort of connection with like the men in black? I know that it's not aliens, but. Oh, interesting. Because I do have very similar behaviors. Yeah. I don't know. It's so creepy to think about. But I also, what an amazing ghost tour. I need to do this. <laughs> I would be down. I, let's do it. Bless Bob for just being like, yeah. And let's just try to get Bob as our tour guide because there's nothing better than just, you know, like you signed up to go to seven different stops and then the person's like, well, we, you know, we can squeeze in two more. Yeah. Let's go. And you're like, yes. Yes, we want to. I love that. Love it. Love it. So fun. I Love talking about cemeteries. They're just, they're spooky. They're peaceful at the same time. They're so fascinating. And that's why we want to hear them and we want to hear some from you. So if you've ever experienced anything, please email us at twogirlsoneghostpodcast at gmail.com. It doesn't have to be yours. It could be your mom's experience, your sister's experience, mm-hmm. your best friend. We just, we need to hear it. We want to hear anything and everything. Please email them to us. And there also are a variety of other ways that you can support us. You can support us by purchasing merch, which, by the way, they are taking a little bit longer to ship. Um, So please be patient with us. We are getting them out as soon as possible. And our fulfillment site is trying and working as hard as they can right now. Uh, And you can also support us by rating and reviewing us on iTunes, please. And also word of mouth is huge. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. We also want to say thank you to Eric and Max and everybody at Upfire Digital for editing the podcast. We so enjoy working with you guys and are very grateful. 
Eric said that some of our listeners reached out to him about starting a podcast. So hell yeah. Oh, wait. That's amazing. Good luck. We support you. How fun. If you're also trying to start a podcast and need help, Eric is amazing. You can contact him. His information and the link to their website is always in our show notes. So if you do want more information, go there. Yeah, just scroll to the bottom. Same with the original music. If you like our intro music, that is a band called Arms Akimbo. And we will see you on the other side.